I'm going to read a few scriptures and then we'll see what God has. Okay. John 3, verse 27 says this. John answered and said, A man can receive, or in other words, can take unto himself nothing except it be given him from heaven. And then John 3, verse 30 says, He must increase, but I must decrease. And just reading this, these verses, with every single thing that goes on in all of our lives, it is for the purpose for you and I to learn how to be patient in being reduced so that we can experience the increase. That has to do with every single circumstance and situation in our lives. And it's very interesting too. So, in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 17 says this, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, in other words, those of us that have been saved or delivered, and we keep on experiencing this deliverance, it says, it is the power of God. So really what this is teaching is that we come to hear and to receive and to submit ourselves under the word of God and we understand that the word of God is Christ so we we when we come and when we do that we receive the power that we so desperately need whether we know how desperate we are or not at times that's not in ourselves that power is not in ourselves but it's in Christ and it's ours as we receive it. But again, remember it says here, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But again, unto us which are saved, which experience this deliverance, it is the power of God. Then you go into... Verse 24, 1 Corinthians 1, and it says this, But unto them which are called, and all that means all those that have received Christ as their Savior, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. How many of us need power? How many of us need wisdom. And of course, Christ is the summation of both. We also shared, I think it, I can't remember exactly which day it was, even if it was today or yesterday, whatever, uh, on Facebook, that, that to know God, to know his will, 
and to understand that will, obviously, it's going to take it's going to take some power and some wisdom to understand the will of God. So we know that the will of God and the knowledge of God are inseparable. Yet, again, Christ is the summation of both the will of God and the knowledge of God. That's why when Paul was chained to a Roman guard in a prison in Philippians 3, verse 10, and he again is approximately 67 years of age, And he's written approximately 14 epistles. He's been in the third heaven. He got saved again approximately when he was 35 years of age. Then he went on. He was for three years in the deserts of Arabia in Galatians 1.18. So now he's 38 years old. He goes on his three missionary journeys, his tours, preaching and teaching Christ in the synagogues and all over the place. And now, 67 years of age, and what is his prayer? He says that I might know him. And so how important is it for you and I to know him? And through what circumstance and situation in our life does he choose for us to know him in. Because remember, they're all planned by God. He is not the cause of those bad and maybe those hard circumstances, but he certainly engineers them to bring us to his cause, and his cause is Christ. Because when I get to know him, and remember, the only way to get to know him is to know him intimately. We said again recently that to walk worthy of him, I believe it's 1 Thessalonians 2.12, but to walk worthy of him before God, the only way that we can do that is to know him intimately. And so God has designed all of our circumstances and all of our situations as an opportunity to know him and to know him intimately and to know him in the satisfied, perfected will of God Almighty to understand that we can't know God apart from Christ and apart from the intimacy that he desires in all of our circumstances and situations that were preordained in the foreknowledge of God that became the very vehicle for you and I to experience the intimacy because maybe, maybe possibly, without that certain circumstance or situation, we would have never drawn near to him where he could reveal himself in a very intimate way. And remember, whatever we take off this earth, the only thing that we can take with us to heaven is the intimacy that we experience with him, but we will fellowship around it for all eternity. 
Again, we've said before that the average lifespan in Psalm 90, verse 10, is approximately 70 years, and with the possibility of 80. Some live longer, some less. And that's the God in that lifespan has preordained in his perfect plan in those circumstances and situations that fit in that lifestyle to be the very means and vehicle vehicle where we get to know him intimately. If I want to think about all the bad things that happened to Joseph, why was God allowing those things to happen in Joseph's life? Because he wanted to teach Joseph, just like he wants to teach us, but only in a much higher and clearer way than Joseph ever was shown. He wants to show us in intimacy just how much that he must increase. (laughs) Do you think and do I think And if we just think back, maybe a few years, maybe even more, of the circumstances and situations that happened in those years, in that span of the lifetime, that we needed power, that we needed wisdom, and that God was using it to reduce us so we can experience his increase. That's what he was doing with Joseph. All those things happened to him. All of those things happened to him. Remember what it said in Genesis 50, verse 20? They meant it for evil. A lot of bad things happened to him. And the ones that were the cause of that meant it for evil. But God, (laughs) here's God's cause, meant it for good. God meant it for good. But he had to teach Joseph like he has to teach us. The thing probably that we really need so much of is patience. (laughs) Because sooner or later in that patience, God is going to teach us something very, very powerful that we truly do walk by faith and not by sight. We have to truly walk by faith, absolute dependence upon him and his word. Circumstances, situations will demand it. That we do, all of us. will demand that, that we do. Our only option is to fall on him who has all power. He has all power. That was what was given to him. In Matthew 28, 18 and 19, all power. And because we're in Christ, God has not given us, in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, the spirit of fear. Where does fear come from? Fear comes from when you and I Look at those circumstances and situations by sight. We rationalize them with our own thoughts. 
what they have to pass through our emotions and where do they leave us outside of him where do they leave us in fear for God has not given us who's us all of us in Christ the spirit of fear but of what what is the first thing that it says but of power <laughs> who is the power of God and the wisdom of God who is the summation of that? 1 Corinthians 1, verse 24, it's Christ. Who has accomplished the will of God? And who's the only one that has the fullness of the knowledge of God? It's Christ. How important, we said recently, how important then is that connection? 2 Corinthians 4, Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Listen, our lifespan, no matter what it is on earth, is but a moment compared to eternity. For our light affliction, it says, which is but for a moment, works for us. Think about that. Is in the process of working for us a more exceeding, an eternal weight of glory. Verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 4. While, listen, we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Now think of these verses. For the things that are seen are temporal. But the things that are not seen, what are they? They are eternal. And in the eternal mind of God, he pre-planned, he predetermined through his foreknowledge, knowing every single thing that would happen to us and to all our loved ones. And he predetermined a plan. What did Joseph have to go through to get the increase. Oh, and by the way, did he get an increase? What did Job have to go through? What did he have to go through? He had to learn a lesson, and I think we all have to learn that lesson. Every single one of us have to learn that lesson. Because when Christ is not our power, our only power, and when he's not our wisdom, he's our only wisdom. Do we experience him intimately in knowing him? What are we left with if he's not? So God has to, in his love for us, reduce us. What did, what did Job have to go through? Because apart from the power that Christ is and the wisdom that Christ is, when we re don't rely on that, all we can do is by sight rely on self. And then I'm going to rely on self to make it right. That's called self-righteousness. And that's what God, through all the circumstances and situations, had to reveal to Job. Yes, 
that Job was self-righteous. He was depending on himself. And what did God have to use in Job's life to reduce him out of that self-righteousness? He had to reduce him, didn't he? Because what was God's whole motive for that whole process of that of all those bad things that happened to him? What was the motive in the process? What was it leading to? To give him double. <laughs> to prepare him for double. Joseph had to learn it. And sometimes for us, the learning can be painful and hard. But at the end, it is a glorious freedom and deliverance from anything other then Christ, who is the power, who is the wisdom, who is the fulfillment of God's will, and it's the only way to know him. And the only way to know him is to know him intimately. Listen, that's the reason for every single... If you and I are believers, if we are in Christ, we've said these scriptures many times, but many times they apply to many different circumstances and situations and times in our life. Second Corinthians 4, verse 15, all things are for your sakes. When will we all believe that? And what will it take? All things are for our sakes. Second Corinthians 5, 18, all things are of God. All things are of God. And that's why in Romans 8, verse 28, all things work together for the good. Yes, but I don't see the good. Well, don't rely on what you see. Don't rely on what you feel. All things work together for the good God's divine good, the Greek word agathos, God's divine good, to them that, what? Love God, and that's equivalent. What's the equivalency of love to us towards God? It's obedience. We know that God loves us. 1 John 4, verse 10, here in his love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. <laughs> and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 1 John 4.19, we love because he first loved us, and the first thing that started the church in its infancy in the first century that started them on the decline was in Revelations 2 verse 4, they left their first love. They lost sight of it. They got away from it. Our whole business, we said this too recently, is to keep close to him in intimacy. Every situation and every circumstance, every one of them is that opportunity. Every single one of them. That's the opportunity that we have. It's to walk by faith 
and not by sight. It's an opportunity where we should always pray. Pray to him in intimacy. Pray to him. Cry out to him all through the Psalms. Just cry out to him. We should always pray, result and, and not faint, not give in, not turn coward, not to lose our grip. And we all can at times. But God would have us to know that in Galatians 6, 9, he states it very clearly. Be not weary with well-doing. He doesn't say don't be weary. He doesn't say not to be weary because I don't think there's anyone here that hasn't been. It's true. But he says be not weary in well-doing. And what is well-doing? The disciples said to Jesus, what might we do to work the works of God? And what did Jesus say? Believe. Believe. Depend on me. Depend upon me. That's what he said. Depend upon me. And he stated it very, very clearly. What might we do to work the works of God in John 6, 28 and 29 is believe. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. Put all your trust in me and I'll put all my power into you. I'll put all my wisdom into you. But every single thing that happens to us becomes an opportunity for us to keep so close to him in intimacy. What Joseph had to go through and what God had to allow him to go through was not just for him. It affected true nations, Egypt and Israel, and it affected even those that did the evil to Joseph. God, through reducing us, wants to promote us with the increase of who Christ is, is in us. When that happens, others, are, others will be blessed. Every single thing that Job went through, all that he went through, what was its purpose? was to give him a humongous portion, portion back, not only for his benefit, but for the benefit of so many. So that that glory redounds or it circles right back to God. It goes right back to him. And that's why we can always believe God and trust him because he is the true vine. He's the true vine in John 15, verse 1. He's the, he's the only source for us. He's it. The one that created us. <laughs> the one that designed us. The one that gave us the air to breathe and even to exist. And gave us a mind with which can be filled 
with 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16, the mind of Christ. Listen, when we don't trust him, we have no power. We have no wisdom. And then we rely on the natural man. And the natural man in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, receives not the things of God for their foolishness unto him. But in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16, we have the mind of Christ. How, how should we know how to be instructed of God? How do we know what God's will is? We have the mind of Christ. We have the very mind of Christ for every circumstance, for every single situation, every single thing. When, and when I receive it, I receive a power that keeps fear out because fear has torment. Fear has torment. Think of how many times, and again, I'm sure every one of us has felt this, the torment of fear. Really, of fear. Because what? Perfect love, love that is so complete, casts out fear. God wants his intimate love in us through Christ to be so complete that it casts out any fear. Because fear has what? It has a torment. And he that fears is not being completed in the love that God has for him. So God wants us to live in the fullness of who Christ is in us. Colossians 2 verse 9. For he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And again, we've said this before, but the Greek says that Christ is filled up with all of who God is. Think about that. Christ is filled up with all. When he walked the earth, he was filled up with all of who God is. <laughs> he couldn't be anything less than that in his, in his perfect humanity. He's filled up with all of who God is. And Colossians 2 verse 10 says, and you are complete in him. And the Greek says, and you are filled up in him. <laughs> he is filled up with all of who God is. And you and I are filled up in him. What does that mean? We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit on our side. He's for us. Romans 8, 31. Psalm 56, verse 9. He's for us. Sight comes in. The accusations come in. The enemy in Isaiah 59, 19 comes in like a flood. And what does he say? No, he's not for you. Don't you see? <laughs> so by your bad circumstances and your situations, use that to see that God is not for you. And we say, really? No, thank you, pal. <laughs> my circumstances and situations are not my guide. Christ in me, filled up in me and me and him, 
is my guide through every circumstance and situation. And it may be stormy when this little ship leaves the safety of the harbor, when it leaves the safety of the port and gets out in the deep and the storms come. Jesus is in that vessel and he made a promise that we're going to get to the other side. And the surety of it is that he's in us. And he will never, no matter what the projections and the accusations and the lies of sight and the imaginations of the enemy, and he always projects, Satan does, always projects lies and imaginations against faith, against absolute dependence upon Christ no matter what. Always. He accuses man before God and God before man. Revelations 12.10. He speaks great words against the Most High because he wants to wear out the saints in Daniel 7 verse 25. He wants to wear us out. How does he wear us out? By sight. By allowing imaginations and thoughts that are not from God to come in to wear us out, to wear us out, to cause us to cease trusting in him. But there's where patience comes in. Boy, we need it, especially in the days that we live in right now. And while we're being patient, oh boy, boy, do we need to cry out to him in prayer for, for one another, for ourselves, to supplicate, to intercede, to have all prayer in Ephesians 6, 18, in the midst of spiritual warfare, against ourselves, against our loved ones. We need to be patient when it comes to not only ourselves, but to them, and to trust God. Because not only do we need it, they need it. They need us to trust him more than ever. And by the way, God does too. He wants to manifest himself. Christ is in us. He might as well manifest himself through us. Might as well. Because we do have this treasure, by the way. And these fragile clay jars. And we're fragile. But not the treasure. Not the treasure. We have this treasure in these fragile clay, clay jars, that the excellency, watch what it says, of the power, <laughs> there's that word power again. Do you think we need power in the age that we live in? Ah, more so than at any other time in human history. We need that power, and we have it. Because we are filled up in him who is filled up with all of who God is. And all of who God is that's filled up in him is for us. Are we for it in terms of trusting and depending and believing in him for all things? We should pray what? At all times, we should pray. Communicate in intimacy and depend upon him and to trust him no matter what. And to know that we walk by faith and not by sight. 
and let him manifest himself through us. Has God ever quit on anyone of his? No. The process may be painful, but he will allow whatever it takes for the one that he loves to come to the end of themselves. Because one thing is for sure, and we've all tasted this, and it's hard at times when we watch our loved ones have to come to the end in this process, but it's a beautiful thing when it happens. Romans 7, 21, it says there that when I would do good, evil is present with me. What was he finding out? You read it in Romans 7, 14, right to 21, and you will see, and I will see, that sin is always more powerful than our will. <laughs> we have, think of how we had to learn that. And think of how our loved ones have to learn that. Finally, they have to come to a process that we did. Romans 7, verse 24, the end of that process is, is this, and we all have to be brought to this place. Joseph, Jacob, Moses, Paul, <laughs> Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> They all had to be brought to this process. Oh, wretched man that I am. Can we rely on self and sight? Is there any power? Is there any wisdom? Is there any intimacy with Christ in that? No. But we can thank God, finally. In Romans 7, 25, we thank God. Who's going to deliver me? Who can deliver us from this body of sin and death? Who has done it? It's Jesus Christ. So he thanks God. And there's where they enter into and where we do and where we're learning. In Romans 8, 1 through 39, those that you cannot condemn can never be separated from him. Ever. So thank, we can thank God for that. And again, we can trust in the Lord with all our heart. And the result will be we won't lean unto our own understanding. Because there's where the fear is. There's where the torment is. There's where all the self-righteousness is. We trust in the Lord with all our heart. And even in our weakest moments, we fall on him because our only other option is to fall back on nothing. Nothing. In all our ways, we are to acknowledge him. Think about it. In all our ways, every circumstance, every situation, we have to acknowledge him. And then what does it say? He will direct our paths. Do you think, our, think we need to have our paths directed? Do you think those loved ones of ours need for us to have our paths directed? Absolutely. Be not wise, it says, in your own eyes, but reverence the Lord 
and depart from evil. For it will be na- health unto your navel, marrow unto your bones. In Proverbs 3, 5 to 8. So we can trust in him. We can. And he's worthy of our trust. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you that Christ is not only your power and your wisdom, but you've given him to us. Thank you, God, for giving us Christ, your power, your wisdom, the fulfillment of your will. Who could direct us to know God's will? Well, it would only be the one who fulfilled it. We have the mind of Christ. And we're to let that mind in Philippians 2, 5 be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that privilege. And it is a privilege to know him in intimacy through every circumstance and situation in Jesus' name. Amen.